reading just one portion of Scripture out of 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians 4. Look at verse 7. God bless you. If you don't have a Bible, just scoot over next to someone that does. It says, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. But we have this treasure. I want you for a short time talk about what's important. Help me pray if you would, please. You want to set your Bible down, you can. I've enjoyed singing and worshiping with or without the words, but I want the Word of God to speak to my heart today. I can't leave this place the way that I came. I must be changed. God, have your way in this house. Let your Word speak to me, speak to my situation my circumstances, my life, God. I believe I can leave this place stronger and more like you, God, than I came. And somebody say, in Jesus' name, God bless you. You can be seated. What's important, Matthew 6, 21 and Luke 12 and verse 34 talks about for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Solomon said in 15 and 6 of Proverbs, in the house of the righteous is much treasure. In Mark chapter 10, also in Luke chapter 18, there's a story of a man who comes to Jesus and he begins to ask him, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus begins to tell him about the scriptures. He says, don't kill and and don't 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 cheat and don't lie and don't rob and I'm I'm paraphrasing and so read it for yourself if you're making notes and Jesus knowing the condition of this man who had kept the letter of the law says with love he said you need to sell what you have because your possessions have you Can I get real today when things begin to own us, when things begin to dictate where we go and what we do, when things say, I'm going to miss church because I want some more money in my bank account, I'm going to volunteer for some overtime, when things say, I need to try out my new boat, Brother Shrek, and it just happens to be on Sunday, I'll take a saying from Elder Blackshear. He said, snow machines and boats and all of those things work way better on Saturday than they do on Sunday. Can I get an amen? He had the law down, but there was one thing missing in this man's life. And because Jesus loved him, he was willing to tell him, why don't you get rid of those things and give them away. And Brother Walter, in return, you will receive a wealth. You'll have a treasure in heaven. The Bible said he went away sad. But here we have a man that's possessed by his possessions. 
In Genesis chapter number 25, there's a story of a man named Esau. And Esau did not recognize the value of what he possessed. The first man, everything was of value to him. But Esau had something that was of increased value. And he didn't recognize the fact that it was important. The firstborn, the birthright, the family blessing. And yet his hunger influenced his value system. Can I say that again? His hunger influenced his value system. He couldn't taste that birthright. He couldn't taste that family blessing being handed over. And he so easily gave it away in trade. In Genesis 25, verse 32, he says, I am about to die. Anybody got a kid that's a real drama person? You don't have to raise your hand because your kid might be sitting next to you. But we all know somebody that, I'm about to die. I'm so hungry I could die. You just ate breakfast about an hour and a half ago. But I'm going to die. I'm so hungry. Well, amen for that. What use is a birthright to me? He said, I'm about to die, Brother Colin. What's the use of a birthright to me? Hebrews 12, 16 discusses and puts um, Esau in a light that, that I, I love the way the CEV says this. He says, watch out for immoral and ungodly people like Esau who sold his future blessing for only one meal. Man, Esau couldn't taste it. Oddly enough, we know, you great hunters out there, that's what he was. He was a hunter. Not a really good one. Sometimes you go in the woods, you come back hungry, and when you went in, Esau came back hungrier. Didn't get nothing. Brother Larry, he says, I'm going to die. I've got to have something to eat. Most of us guys who love hunting, we're meat eaters. We're not vegans. Sorry to those of you that love vegetables. My meat eats your vegetables. Well, Brother Larry, I have nothing like a big old chunk of meat. I like some of those other vegetables, but I'll be just fine with just meat. And here's the meat eater coming back from a hunting trip, and he said, I'll tell you what, I'll trade you my birthright for a bowl of bean soup. That's something with some meat in it. One meal, the Bible says. That's what Esau did. What's important? How about a man named Gehazi? He was assistant to Elisha. Watched as miracle after miracle was performed by God. He saw Naaman come, a leper, and he saw his leprosy washed away. He was involved as Naaman came to the door 
Gehazi answered the door. And then he went back to the prophet and delivered the message from the prophet back to Naaman. Go out to the river and dip yourself seven times. But Gehazi had a price. He determined what the value of his integrity was. Two pieces of silver, a couple changes of clothes. So there he goes. Naaman comes bearing gifts because he wants to reward someone who's going to send him away better than he came. But Elisha doesn't see it that way. He doesn't want anything in return. God did it. Gehazi got his eyes off of what was valuable, what was important. He saw this, uh, this abundance of silver and some changes and some animals that all were loaded to the, loaded to the hilt by Naaman, bringing to give gifts to, to those who would help him be better than when he, when he came. You know, the Bible says that Elisha says, no, we won't take your gift. Gehazi's over there going, uh, excuse me, but we haven't had much to eat lately, you know. Nobody pays us very much around here. We're part of the ministry. That doesn't work here. So, But for a tape ministry somewhere, it didn't take care of the ministry, Brother Wes. And so they got what was left over. And, and Gehazi just said, I'm sure it'd be okay if I just went and I met Naaman on his way out. And I said, you know what? We changed our mind. We'd like to have, how about just a couple talents and a couple changes of clothes? And, and so Naaman is glad to do so and does. And he comes back. The prophet saw where he had gone, and then he lied to the man of God, and the man of God said, well, your reward is not the silver, and it's not the changes of clothing, but your reward is what Naaman left in the river. I can't envision the, the, the spectacle as that, that leprosy came from the river and attached itself unto Gehazi, a leper unto his death. He couldn't see it. Amen. He couldn't see it. And so, there's another individual I was thinking about, Judas Iscariot. John chapter 13, verse 2, it said the devil already put in his heart of Judas to betray him. Even as they sat at the Last Supper, Sister Val uh, Jesus said, somebody at this table is going to betray me. And Judas had the gall to say, is it I? Matthew 26, 25, yes, he did, didn't he? And so the value of his relationship, he'd spent three plus years in tow with Jesus. He'd seen things that, that most people never saw. They, they only read about or heard rumors of, but he saw things that were incredible. Jesus went about doing good, and the books couldn't contain all the good that he did. And Judas was part of that, yet somehow he needed something in his pocket. He had to touch something. He had to hold on to it. I see Esau had to taste it. Gehazi had to see it. Judas had to touch it. 
I, I don't know, folks, today. Uh, I, I just, please, I just want to remind somebody of what's important. I want to remind somebody, whether you've been living for God only a few months or whether you've done it for 10 years or, or 20 or 50, that we don't want to lose what's important to us. We don't want to get to the point to where we are willing to just give something away for a one meal. We don't want to barter it away. This is not, this is not some uh, 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 game show. This is not where we come and we say, hey, I tell you what, you can have what's behind curtain number two. And if you don't want what's behind number two, you can have what's in that box. And if you don't want what's in the box, you can have what's in this envelope right over here. And if you don't like what's in the envelope, what you can do is you can spin the wheel. It's not some game show. It's not some trade out and, and barter and, and let's see what's of greater value. There's nothing better than living for God, church. There's nothing better in all this world than getting to know the King of Kings and the Lord of Glory. And Judas had him so close. He said, I'll take 20 pieces of silver. He had this treasure. Praisers have no way to properly value what you possess, church. There's no way they can even estimate it. They, they do their best to try to take antiques. And they do their best to take things that, that somehow they can put it on a price scale. But how do, you, how, do you, how do you put a value on eternal life? That's the, and we say eternal life in heaven with him. But what about the benefits of living for God now? What about the things you've experienced? Some of you know what I'm talking about. When the doctor said, you got cancer, and I don't know if you're going to make it. And God said, uh, I got this under control. I'll take care of the cancer. When you got marriage problems, and things are going wrong, and everything that you do, you're ready to split the sheets, and change addresses, and change jobs. trying to convince somebody hang in there not today devil you can't have that marriage not today you can't have that brother not today you can't have my kids come on somebody get behind me today not today God not today God's in control I'm not giving up I'm not giving in and I'm not throwing in the towel I don't need to taste it. I don't need to see it. And I don't need to touch it. The scriptures that remind me, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Come on, He's good. 34.8 of Psalms. 2 Corinthians 4.18 says that they should seek the Lord, if happily they might feel after Him and find Him, though He be not very far, or not far from every one of us. Come on, church. Please, don't leave today. Don't leave today. Like Agrippa finished his conversation with Paul. 
Paul preached to him about righteousness and things that matter. And Agrippa had the gall, Brother Robbie, he said, Almost thou persuadest me. Somebody please get a hold of what's valuable today. Somebody, somebody realize that there are things that are far more important than your job. There are things far more important than whether or not you got muscles in your arms. There's things far more important whether or not. Amen. I don't know. Uh, I've just been wrestling with this thought today. Maybe it's not for anybody in here, but I just feel I have felt I have felt all night, I have felt all day yesterday, somebody is discalculating, they're weighing this out. They're saying, you know what, I have done this for so long, and it hasn't rewarded me. You begin to listen to the devil's voice. You listen to some of your family members, who's just like listening to a devil's voice. They're trying to tell you, why don't you give up? Church shouldn't be that important. You don't need to be that dedicated. You need to stop spending all your time there. And why are you giving all your money to the church? Uh, nobody in here like that, huh? Just a few of you. The devil's trying to convince somebody. Come on, why don't you trade it? Ahab, Ahab came to a man by the name of Naboth, Brother Josh. And Naboth happened to have a vineyard that was passed down to him. It was his inheritance. And Naboth had this vineyard, and it just so happened to be right up next to King Ahab's palace. And Ahab looked over there and said, I don't like that. He went over there and he began to put a bug in Naboth's ear. Hey, I'd like to put a garden right there. Oh, Ahab, that's mine. Yeah, but I, I'd like to have a garden right there. But Ahab, you don't understand. That's, that's mine. See, this isn't that book of Acts, chapter 3, verse number 6, where Peter and, and, and James said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I unto thee. This wasn't something that Ahab was going to get as a gift from Naboth. Naboth said, that's mine. It's my inheritance. He said, okay, I'll tell you what. If you don't like this, I'll give you another piece of property somewhere else in the kingdom. It'll be bigger. It'll be prettier. It'll be more valuable. If that doesn't suit you, I'll pay you good money for it. He's trying to appeal to all of his senses. Naboth says, you see, this was something that was handed down to me. This is something that cost someone. And now it's entrusted unto me. And I recognize its value and you can't have it. I'm not giving it to you. I'm not selling it. It's not for sale. It's not for trade. It's not for barter. It's not up for discussion. He amplified in verse 3 of 1 Kings 21. I think I gave that to you, Sister Pleo. It says, The Lord forbid me that I should give the inheritance of my fathers to you. 
The Good News Bible of the same verse says, I inherited this vineyard from my ancestors. And Naboth replied, the Lord forbid that I should let you have it. I'll tell you what's important. Things that God gives you. That's what's important. Things that are handed down to you. Amen. I don't want to barter with those. And the last thing the Lord wants is for the devil to have it. Because the devil doesn't respect it. The devil doesn't care about it. All he wants it is because you have it. Really, really doesn't want you to have it. I don't want him to have it. It's mine. It's mine. It's important to me. We're told in scriptures like Revelations 2, 25, and I'm bringing this to a close. Should hold fast till I come. Endure to the end, Galatians 6, verse 9. Revelations 3, 11 talks about, uh, I come quickly, hold fast, which thou hast, that no man take thy crown. Now I realize Naboth lost his life. Because while Ahab was sucking his thumb, his wicked wife said, I'll take care of it for him. But better to lose your life standing up for what's right. Somebody hear me today. It's better to stand up for what's right. If you lose your life for that, come on, church. It's worth it. He'll reward you a hundredfold, a thousandfold, ten thousandfold. Give it all up for Jesus. And so I close with this thought. I don't want to. Last thing I want to do is forget how valuable the things that God has given you are. Brother Nate, he has been so good to me. I didn't deserve it. Paul even talked as, as, as a son of a Pharisee, as a son of a, he was a Pharisee himself. But Paul even said, he said, I see what you've done or hear what you've said you've done, and I've done way worse. And not that we sit here and try to say who's the worst, but we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. We've all made mistakes. We've all made blunders. We've done things. We, we're our own worst critics and our own worst enemies. But where sin did abound, grace did much more abound. So I'm going to hang on to it. When someone comes knocking on my door and they say, why don't you, why don't you trade me? Why don't you trade up? Why don't you see what's over here and what's over there? No. I've got a birthright. I've got a promise. I've got something that's so valuable. Put as many zeros as you want on it. It doesn't matter. God gave me this. I wish some people would get just super determined today. Stand if you would this morning.
I would that some of us would just make up our minds it's not for sale. Every time somebody uh, looks at us cross-eyed, or a wife does this, or a husband does that, we're ready to throw in the towel, we're ready to run, we're ready to give up. And the Lord's saying, don't do that. What's important, church? What's important? 